the Anything But Quiet Time podcast discussing what is love. What is love? Over these next three weeks of the month of February. Mm-hmm. And singling in as we were in marriage mode last week. Single mode this week. This reminds me of a uh, a college song. Maybe you've never heard of it, but uh, from a rapper that I won't mention his other songs. But this would always like stuck out to me if love just didn't work out for you. How to love. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So for me, maybe not Lil Wayne. Okay. But maybe a little bit of Rosemary Clooney. Love, you didn't do right by me. We're different people, aren't we? She's a classic. (laughs) How old are you? I just saw White Christmas. That song's in it. All right, then you get a pass in Christmas movies. Plus, you know I'm a lot older than you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're excited to talk about uh, dating and then our live podcast event that's going to be happening at the end of the month. Uh, That will be just How to Love Our Neighbor. Mm -hmm. So it's an all play there. It's an all play. want to make sure to do something like that and something like this week's episode because I feel like the single community Mm -hmm. doesn't get enough love, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, you feel singled out. You, and yeah. It's the worst pun ever, but you're like, I feel it. it I feel that. It is an odd um, conundrum of where we are at because Christian culture uh, in, in many right ways promotes marriage and and doesn't quite know what to do. And I say this with, with uh, sympathy um, because I think if you're a single person listening, mm-hmm. uh, you probably have felt like the church leaders just don't know what to do with yeah. that single community after college years. they It's an awkward ministry that people have put together. Well, if you haven't gotten married by, I guess, what, your mid-20s in the Midwest or in the sure. South? You, oh, you mean the late teens? Is that a, what you're talking about? Yeah, you're yeah. a spinster is what you are. You haven't got <laughs> yeah. married? Yeah. Uh, and I do. Actually, I can empathize with that. I, I got married at 26. I was almost 27. It was a month away from being 27. So tell me your experience between the ages of, uh, well, when did you graduate college? And no, right, no, what age? No, what age? Oh, okay. No, Gosh. I was, I honestly, I don't know. 21, 22? I was 22, almost 23. I okay. Think. So from 23 mm-hmm. to 25, let's say, because okay. you dated obviously too. So th- this week's episode is yeah. about just singleness. Yes. How did you feel yeah. in general? And how did you feel in the midst of church Yeah, at, from 23 to 25 well, years and old? And I will tell you, you're like, well, that's fine. I'm still not married. I'm in my 30s. No, no, no. I didn't date. Mm-hmm. Like, and perhaps you can relate to that too. I, nobody ever approached me. Mm. And if they did, uh, I think my brother told me later, he's like, yeah. I told a lot of people I would take them out if they talked to you. So, <laughs> so your prospects were <laughs> running away. He's like 6'2", and he was huge. I'm just a big guy. So, uh, But I thought for the longest time, you know, your identity kind of gets wrapped up in expectation. Mm. So you watch the Disney movie. You know I'm a big Disney buff. I wanted that ch- Prince Charming in yeah. my life. Yeah. And I knew that, you know, I al- also heard the rhetoric of God's got somebody for you and he's going to bring you the right guy. And it's not that I don't believe those things. If God has a marriage deemed like this is something that I want for you. Yeah. But that's not always the case with everybody, I don't think. And so you feel unworthy or inadequate or and it's not that people are trying to push that on you. Mm-hmm. 
but you're already dealing with your own longings, your own heart's desires, trying to also lay that down at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, I want to surrender this to you because I know your timing is perfect. But here I am now. My first kiss takes place. My, you know, I have a theater degree, so I'm I'm in college and I'm in a scene on stage where the guy kisses a girl. That was my first kiss. Yeah, yeah. It was staged, and it, so it didn't mean anything. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't mean anything at all. It was terrible because I was eating chocolate at the time. Because that I was anyway. That's not the point. The point is, so here I am, and I'm waiting, and my church family loved me. And I had lived there my whole life because my dad was a pastor. So maybe I had it a little bit easier street. You didn't feel like they looked down upon you or didn't know what to say. It wasn't that they looked down upon me, but they would always do the, we're praying for the right guy. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. it's not good enough until the right guy comes in is where you start your mind starts playing with you. Yeah. Whether or not that was their intention or not. And I do think that there are some people in the church who think that it is tied mm-hmm. together. Oh, well, for you to fully... Uh, you know, achieve your purpose. It's so that man is not meant to be alone. Neither is woman. In a different way, we felt, uh, my wife and I, when we, you know, for a while, it just, we didn't, the whole kids thing, you know, this is after we're married and, and, and wanting kids, but it's just not happening at the time. And we had a lady at church say, she, we were pretty new and and she said, okay, how long have you been here? And we told her and, and, and you, you, how long have you been married? Yeah. And, uh, and, and you have kids? No. And just the awkward pause. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not yet. Maybe, probably someday. Right? That's what and happens, Carter. It's that type of thing that it it's is. like, it's not good enough until you've met all the criteria for some reason. Did you graduate high school? Okay, where are you going to college? Mm, yeah. Did yeah. you graduate college? Okay, have you dated anybody that you think is the one? Yeah. All right, now you're married. Now you have kids. Like, the night you got married, you got a text from grandma. Do you think tonight, maybe? Was the <laughs> was the night you Grandma, had? Grandma, I don't want to get into this what with you. Are you texting me? I just yeah. got married. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? So I I know that there is awkwardness there, and I don't understand it. Now, now in some of that, what you were just saying, mm-hmm. I get people not knowing how to bring it up, and they just want to make conversation and yada yada yada. But I don't understand. I'll just say it. I don't know why singles ministries are so bad. <laughs> No and, disrespect to maybe you're a singles pastor and you are awesome. In general, I have not. I remember my uncle who is only a couple of years younger than my dad. After I was done with high school, uh-huh. approaches me, and again, I'm so young and inexperienced in so much in life. Uh-huh. I'm just a kid, and he's wanting to help me. He's like, "So you'll be a part of the singles ministry with me soon?" And I'm like, "He was dead serious." Uh-huh. And I saw my entire life flash. <laughs> Before my eyes. Because there's five people in the singles ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think maybe most of us are in denial. Well, I'm not going to be that way for long, hopefully, Mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Or there's something tainted with, quote, being single. By the way, not true, but it can be frustrating. I will tell you, if you're a single person, you're on the payroll, it's a Valentine's night. And well, so Rochelle's still single. So Rochelle, you're going to work Valentine's night. Because, mm. you know, you don't have a life mm. and there's no prospects anywhere in sight. So here's some salt. Let me just cut this wound into your arm. Mm-hmm. You just pour it in. Yep. And and I don't understand that. That is <laughs> ununderstandable. Un- un- but what you said was it's just not true that singles are less than. Right. And 
and I don't even know, if, to be honest, I don't even know if this is politi correct way to, politically correct way to say it. Singles. Are we still calling them singles? People who are not married. Mm -hmm. And you look at scripture, and I've looked a lot at it, because maybe you've heard my journey of talking with people of another faith. They emphasize marriage in this faith that it really even um, plays into your eternity with God. Yeah. I mean, they take marriage very very seriously. Wow. Okay. And so I've had a lot of conversations and studies about mm -hmm. what does the Bible say about marriage? And I, I think there's two things that stick out to in, me. In from the perspective of I'm looking at this from a single person. Uh well, well, yeah, marriage and yes, yes. Okay. The, what does the Bible say about marriage and what does the Bible say about the antithesis of that? Got it. Choosing not to be married. Mm -hmm. So there's Two figures that I would like to point out. Uh, perhaps you've heard of them. Uh, there's Paul and then there's Jesus. And, and not necessarily in that order, by the way. I would say the best for last. So, yes, I did oh, mean that nice. order. Uh, yes. Um, and so you have Paul who writes a lot of the New Testament. And then you, you obviously know the words of Jesus. And both seem to encourage <laughs> singleness. You know, the disciples even say, you know, about the, being single. And he says this, this is not for everyone. I should have mm -hmm. looked up the verse, but this is, this, this is difficult for many, but to him who can do it mm -hmm. and encourages it. Paul, mm -hmm. who, you know, historians not sure, maybe he was married once upon a time, but certainly at the time of writing what he did in the New Testament, Paul is encouraging singleness. And, and that mm -hmm. is for, I think what we have to look at is that choosing to be married or choosing to be single is an equal choice. Mm. And so this less than idea that the church culture um, has today, I don't understand where it even comes from. Yeah. Because it's become so cultural that that single is, is not something that you'd want to do. And yet, when people are able to, they want to do more ministry, being single allows you that avenue because... The Bible certainly talks about your your responsibilities in marriage and with kids, and you need to take care of, I've heard it this way, you know, the pastor, one pastor they really enjoy, likes studying the Bible and likes uh, weeknights, you know, with his wife or weekend nights or whatever, you know, she may watch a show or, or do whatever she wants to do. He likes to get ready for a Bible study and kind of just look at different things. But if she wants a date night or to watch a show together, or to do a DIY project together, he sets aside mm. his ministry for the important ministry of his marriage yeah. and spends time yeah. with his wife. And so what you know, Paul is saying in so many ways is, if you are choosing to not get married, then you are able to do so much for the kingdom. You see these people that perhaps are not in singles ministry because they're serving elsewhere. They are, they are uh, helping with youth group or they are leading missions, or they are missionaries. Yeah, You yeah. see people are doing incredible things. Cindy Perry. Is this somebody you know? She is a missionary in Nepal, and I remember her. Uh, my parents loved having her whenever she was in town. Yeah. And I remember her coming in and sharing the incredible stories. Never got married. Her calling was to love and serve the community around her. Yeah. I think a lot of people get scared about that thought though. It's like, what if God calls me to do that? I've heard it before. And I, I <laughs> think, <laughs> I think I can say it with accuracy. The Bible doesn't say this verbatim, uh, but I'll read Jesus quote here in a second. Oh, okay. Thanks for finding the verse for me. Yeah. Um, if you are called to be single, you'll know it. Yeah. And that if you want to be married, 
then you can make that choice at any point in your life. And yeah. if it didn't work out in your 20s, like culture says it needs to, or at least the you know, Midwest and South says it needs to, uh, or if it's 30s or 40s or 60s, my grandma got, I DJed my grandma's wedding. She got remarried because my grandpa passed away. You know, five or 10 years later, she meets a, a guy and she gets married in her 60s. Sure. And so it's like, it, you can have that choice at any time, but if you are choosing to be single, Perhaps you feel called to it. Yeah. And blessings on you. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's not an easy route. I will tell you, I think a lot of people, especially when you are a Christ follower, you know there are rules in regards to sexual purity. Mm. And so we were talking to a friend the other day, and this was the big joke. We grew up in the church. Maybe you didn't. And perhaps you did have sex before marriage. So as a preacher's kid, that was something that I, we were even at, at, see, I forget the year, but there was like this big movement. Uh, you would, could get a purity ring and all this uh -huh, stuff. You're like, right. I'm going to pledge before the church, before God, basically. And, and can I say, too? Yeah. I think there are a lot of people that did grow up in the church that have messed up in that yeah. department and as well. And then they feel, obviously, the harshness yeah. and the shame. And I think part of the redemption, uh, the part of redemption that I want people to walk away with is if you did mess up, there's grace. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. forgiveness in that. Yeah. There are definitely going to be repercussions with actions. A dear friend of mine who did grow up in the church took that same pledge with me. Had I think her dad got her a ring. I got a purity ring. We all took the pledge because I think everybody's like expecting you to. What are you, the only kid <laughs> who didn't stand up and say, I promise I won't have sex before marriage. Right. And she and her boyfriend did get pregnant and they had a baby. They no longer together. Uh, it didn't go the best way because it started in, we messed up, we have to do the quote right thing now, which is to get married because now we're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it was this whole thing. God has helped bring redemption in the midst of all of this. She has a wonderful daughter who's now grown and married. She has since remarried. It, did, it, it didn't work out very well at all. Her husband possibly wasn't the man uh, that he we'd hope that he'd be mm -hmm. all of this to say that those are the repercussions I'm talking about. It's consequences to actions. Sure. But there's always grace when we misstep. And so we took that, that <laughs> pledge as a group. And then there's, if you're like sticking to it. And time goes by. Woo! I get it. So there's like, I don't want to be single because I haven't, I haven't tasted the fruits. <laughs> If you know what I mean, it's, it's like the, uh, you know, the, the, the old, I don't know if it's an old adage, but you know, you get close to your wedding and it's like, Jesus, please don't come back. And not, not until, yet. not yet. Like that's not, what yeah. my husband, not until after said. my grandma calls the yeah. night of <laughs> right? uh, June 5th, <laughs> 2004, please wait. Uh, well, this is, I mean, and, and to be, you know, this flows very well, but I, I think this is one of the reasons that, it, that he says this, this is. You looked it up. What chapter is it's what book Matthew. is this? Matthew. Okay. Matthew uh, chapter, let's see if I can find it at the top, 19. And he's actually talking about something we touched on last week with uh, when people are bringing up the subject of divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about it with the, the religious teachers of the time. Mm -hmm. And then his followers said to him, this is verse 10 of Matthew 19. Uh, if that is the way of, of a man with his wife, it is better to not be married. And Jesus said to them, not all men are able to do this, but only those to whom it has been given. 
And then he goes on to say, for there are some men who from birth will never be able to have children. And there are some men who have been made so by men. Uh, eunuchs. Eunuchs. Uh, yeah. and, and that happened with kings at the time. And some even use this passage as with people who struggle with heterosexuality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's talking about this situation of like, well, I want to get a divorce and the disciples are coming back, but that's what the law of Moses said. Look, if you don't think you can stay faithful to your wife and mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. this isn't for you. And this is a, this, you know, marriage is a calling as is singlehood. When he goes on to say <laughs> there, are, there are some men who have had themselves made that way because of the holy nation of heaven. The one who is able to do this, let him do it. Yeah. And get married. <laughs> um, yeah. And he said, uh, but but in terms of singleness, you know, the one mm-hmm. who was able to do this, let him do it. Like, Oh, is that what it's referencing? Yeah. Here, let me I read it, it all. Let me read it all together and make okay. sure we have it together. Jesus said to them, not all men who are able to do this, because uh, they said it is better to not be married. They, almost almost like a question mark. And he says, not all men are able to do this, but only to those whom it has been given. For there are some men who from birth will never be able to have children. There are some men who have been made so by men. And there are some men who have had themselves made that way because of the holy nation of heaven. The one who is able to do this, let him do it. Mm. So it does seem to me what Jesus is saying, because I feared this in high school and early college, because I... Um, we got friend zoned, if you will, quite yeah. often. I was always great friend material. You are a great friend. Great friend. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I'm like, uh, yeah, so you would be more than friends? Oh, no. No, oh. not that. <laughs> I would never want that. I mean, it's oh, funny cool. now, but yeah. he, he married a gorgeous girl. He's oh, yeah. No, I'm he's a, doing fine. No, I'm <laughs> extremely happy, you know, happy. But but at the time, this was a big fear of mine. Am I called to be single? And I just see that verse and I go, I think you'd know, I think you'd want it. I think you'd desire it. And, and, and this is where we talk about intimacy. And I heard this incredible podcast about when we talk about intimacy, we usually think of, of one thing and yet the intimacy of just knowing people. Mm -hmm. And I've heard it with this podcast. I heard it on a, on a different aspect of why we're not married in heaven because right now, you really only have the time and the devotion, the dedication to be able to be so intimate with one person. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm setting sex aside here. Sure. But in heaven, perhaps somebody was just spitballing. Perhaps there will be no marriage because there's so much time and everything's perfect that we'll be able to intimately get to know mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. It will be a community. Yeah. Truly where we're all not even just on the same page, but we truly know each other. Do you remember when Jesus set the child in the midst of the group and he said, you have to be as a little child Mm -hmm. to enter the kingdom of heaven? Are kids thinking about such things? No. Mm -hmm. When you are with a kid and they're into the conversation, I'm not talking about when they're a space cadet and they're kind of all over the place (laughs) and they are eating candy. Somebody gave them too much sugar or something. I'm talking about when they're having a conversation with you, I mean, they're telling you about that show that they saw with that purple dinosaur about. Oh, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. And that song that he sings. Is, I mean, they are all in with the conversation. And they're connected to you in that moment. They have incredible faith. They lean into you. They. This is what Jesus is referencing. He's like, I want you all in. Mm. And so if you have other stuff getting in the way of that, and just fill in the blank. <laughs> just life gets in the way of yeah. that. You're going to have things fogging up that connection. 
uh, with another person. Mm. I, I, I even liken it to if you are having a busy day, the schedule is jam packed. Somebody comes along that needs your attention in that moment to talk and you're sort of listening, but sort of not listening. You're even developing your next sentence as they're finishing their last one. Right. And before they finished, you're about to just pop off with your sentence. Right. It, that is not an all in type of conversation, a commitment, communion, nothing. Yeah. And so when our agenda gets brought into stuff, it can mess it can mess up stuff. So you can liken that I've already prepared another statement or your busy schedule or whatever it might be to hormones getting in the way or jealousy getting in the way or whatever might be playing right now. Um, if you're a married person, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's stuff that gets in the way of the fantasy that marriage can be mm-hmm. because we have that Disney-esque thought. Oh, we could do a whole podcast on the expectations exactly. that don't get met, right? Exactly. But if God calls you into life of being single, Paul knew, I don't want to have my own agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps he knew that about himself, that it would distract. Yeah. That does not yeah. mean that that's going to do that for everybody. Yeah. There's a lot of pastors that are completely on track and married. Yeah. But, yeah, that's right. Know, so. Well, and the the podcast that I heard in people choosing singleness. And just to be just to be honest, this is a person um I'll be very honest, I don't know how she um feels in all aspects, but she deals with same-sex attraction. Okay. And she has chosen to be celibate. Okay. And I highly respect that. Yeah. And again, I don't know how she feels about the rest of it and other people and all that. Um, but she did blow my mind that this um, this intimacy that the church talks so much of with marriage, and it's true, it's yeah. absolutely true, but in a, a different way that it, if you choose to be single for whatever reason, whether it be ministry or dealing with same-sex attraction or anything, that, that doesn't mean that we can't have close relationships. Right. And, and so finding that intimacy mm-hmm. with people in a non-sexual way. Yeah, taking that out of the equation. Now, again, th- this is an odd thing with marriage because there are going to be boundaries where I'm not going to choose to, uh, certainly not on purpose, get to intimately know another woman mm-hmm. because I am with Kelsey. And so, again, we're just setting sex aside on this whole issue, just in terms of who I'm closest to. Yeah. I'm going to choose, especially if I'm in my right mind and walking with Christ, yeah. that Kelsey is is first and foremost. Yeah. But when you have the ability to be single and you're, again, setting sex aside to truly invest in relationships and you might crave intimacy in that way of just truly knowing people, having hobbies, spending time together, doing ministry together— I think that's what the the church and her point was. The church doesn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And maybe going to our our humorous but depressing point, why are singles ministries so bad in the church? I think because of the focus is on marriage. Mm-hmm. And in many ways that's right, but to leave out a whole group of people when Paul and Jesus are exactly. saying, "Take that mantle if you're called to be single, do it." There there is a place for you. Absolutely. And uh, I think the biggest struggle for people who are trying to follow the Lord is staying um, sexually pure. Mm-hmm. 
And it's because you could find a great friend in another person who is uh, the opposite sex, somebody you're attracted to. And now all of a sudden you do have some urges in the midst of that relationship. Now, how do I deal with that as mm-hmm. a single person or whatever? Look, I think there's grace for all circumstances and situations. Perhaps at the very first part of your life, you felt called to being single. Mm-hmm. And then maybe later on. You want to be married. You want to be married. I think the Bible gives us that option. And Jesus is so, I mean, we're just so hung up on stuff, aren't we? We get the rules in play. Why? Because we want to be good stewards. Sure. We want to follow the Lord, but he knows that. And he also tells us that his burden is easy and light. And he allows us, we've talked about this too. If we have taste buds that work, he wants us to taste good, sweet things. Mm. You don't have to completely throw away sugar. Mm. I mean, there are good sugars. Yeah. Have some fruit, <laughs> you know? There's a reason why he gave you a sexual drive. Mm-hmm. And if God brings that person into your life, that's amazing. It's interesting, though, looking at the story of Joseph, Joseph saw the merits and the malice of marriage. Joseph is the kid who was the favorite among all the other brothers. This is the kid with the coat with many colors. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber did a whole musical about him, the Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's not entirely biblically accurate. Oh, really? I know it's a shock. You're saying <laughs> that there's a Hollywood production that isn't exactly accurate. No, well, I'm saying it, there's a Broadway production. Oh, Broadway. <laughs> well, but, uh, good. Then Hollywood's got it covered. Noah with Russell Crowe was, was spot, spot on. on. Yeah, there were totally rock monsters. I hope yeah. you can see the air quotes we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Joseph is the son of Jacob. We talked about Jacob last week. Well, if you listen to the podcast, then you know his parents, which were Jacob and Rachel, had a lot of baggage. Rachel was always Jacob's true love, but he had three other ladies in his life. His first wife, Leah, who he was tricked into marrying, was the oldest sister of Rachel. Their two hand servants, who he had children by all of them, by the way. Joseph and his brother Benjamin were the only children of Rachel. Wait, why are you smiling? Did Leah have an alibi? <laughs> Rachel died during childbirth. It's actually a very sad story. Um, oh, well, now I just... Now you feel like a jerk. I was just trying to make an ugly joke. <laughs> I mean, that's just what the Bible implies. Okay, I'm sorry. That was terrible anyway. But, but as a sibling, oh, nothing is hidden in the in the conversations that you're reading back and forth between these two. Uh, go back and listen last week. We talk all about this. A about little bit, yeah. Being married to two sisters is a crazy thing. That's yeah, a crazy thing. Last week's episode, yeah. And uh, Sister Wives, the first <laughs> season. Yes, uh, it was. So he saw the malice of... All of that, he saw the favoritism and the fighting and the bickering. Not necessarily Jacob, who just, it's interesting when you read the story of Jacob, for a lot of it, stayed quiet, mostly after marriage. Like, even with this big incident with his sons you can read about in Genesis was horrible, involving his daughter. He just was quiet a Mm. lot when he should have spoken up. Mm. And he witnesses that in marriage, but he must have seen some merit in it as well. Because when he is sold by his brothers into slavery and he's purchased by a man named Potiphar, who is the captain of the guard in Egypt, he's a well-to-do guy. Potiphar actually likes Joseph, puts him in charge of everything in his house. Mm -hmm. But so does Potiphar's wife. She likes him. Likes him, likes him. And it doesn't imply in Scripture that she was bad on the eyes. It's like, well, oh, she was an absolute dog, so he had no problem turning her down. No, you could see. I will not do this thing. You are wanting me to sleep with you. I will not do this. It is, first of all, I, I work for my master, what he called Potiphar, mm-hmm. and this is against God, and I'm not going there. Mm. 
he knew the mess that it would make because he had seen it happen with his dad. So there's also encouragement there. Perhaps you've seen the mess of marriage. You've seen the malice. Mm. And perhaps you've discovered some merit in other people's relationships as well. So perhaps you chose the path of singlehood and you stay there. Or maybe in the future, God brings along somebody. But uh, it's not until like he's 30 years old that he's even released from prison and he helps save the day because he gets thrown into prison because Potiphar's wife screams rape, actually. Mm, right, right. And he gets un, you know wrongfully thrown into prison. He solves Pharaoh's dream. I'm skipping a lot of stuff. And he's 30 years old on the other side of that. And he's assigned a wife. Mm. And it doesn't say he had more than one. It just says a zenith uh, with his wife and they had two sons. And I'm like, well, the way to go, Joe. Yeah. You had one wife. Yeah. Did you see the problem with having three? But he was so faithful. He didn't ask Pharaoh for the wife. He didn't. It, we don't read in scripture that he asked God for the wife. Mm. He asked God for probably uh, salvation out of prison. He certainly asked one of the servants that Pharaoh had thrown into the prison. Hey, I solved your dream. Remember me. Will you? Yeah. Um, so we know he didn't want to stay there, but he didn't go looking for it per se. And God equips him with this wonderful situation. Um, I hope that's a hope filled message. Yeah. Well, I think I think you hit it right on the head with there may be a lot of people. And I, I, I know there are a lot of people, but perhaps many are single. Perhaps many are married and confused about how to go to about go to about go about it or or single people maybe a little trepidation to get married because of the example of our parents. Mm. There can be a lot of terrible examples. And for you listening, maybe that is, is something that's there. Um, or, or maybe there's the, and I, I had a lot of relief years ago when a pastor shared, there's no soulmate. It, it may feel that way, you know, that God has, has when you meet the right person, you've really connected you've with really that person. connected. Sure. But in terms of the pressure of hoping wondering, is this the right? God gives us such free will and, and the emphasis on relationships and and marriage, of course, specifically is commitment. Mm -hmm. And so if it ends up being the person, you know, I didn't think my wife and I were going to get married. I didn't think we're going to date. We were just really good friends. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I wanted to keep it that way because I didn't want to ruin the friendship. Mm. And I'm so glad that I married my best friend now, Yeah, you know? And so it, it just, I don't think it, I always had, because of culture and movies, this, um, what do they call them? The meet cutes, the the, <laughs> yeah. the moments in movies where you bump into each other. Yeah. Oh, the and cute you just, meet or the meet cute. Yeah. And, and, and you gaze into each other's eyes. You want to go for a coffee? And yeah. What's your name? And some, I know some people do. My, I'm, I'm sure it can happen. But I'm, we're just saying, hey, look, it's a possibility. But it's but, not an expectation. But don't, yeah. Gosh, if we could just hold things loosely. Yeah. And not allow Hollywood in to dictate what things should look like. Sure. Boy, it relieves the people in our lives of having to meet those expectations, which are impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless, of course, you're like, my expectation is that they're an alien. Then probably if you lower the expectations, mm. you're always going to do better. That's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> I will also say one last thing here. I think it's important. There may be a stage in your marriage right now where you feel single. Mm. Perhaps um, urges have come and gone. Perhaps you are in a state of, do they even realize I'm still here? Mm. 
I am married to someone who I don't even know if they recognize that I exist or maybe they don't want to know. Maybe you're the person that Jesus was addressing uh, when he was talking to the people about, oh, Moses wrote this law, did he? To divorce the woman you no longer want to be to or the man that you no longer want to be married to, that you're the other. Mm. I, I just want to let you know that God sees you. Yeah. And my mom shared this incredible truth uh, with me years and years ago. And it blessed me so much. My dad has mental illness, and there was a time frame where she had to commit him to a psychiatric ward. In fact, she had to do it twice. Mm -hmm. And it was two different times. There was a decade in between each time. So when she felt we were finally past this, it reared its ugly head again, these episodes that he had. And it was just, it was horrible. He was bipolar. He was having these like schizophrenic almost episodes, and they've managed it with treatment and medicine, and now they have this incredible ministry helping families now that struggle with mental illness and helping them know how to support their loved ones. And I, I just want to encourage you with her words, in the moments where my dad was not her husband, God said, I'm your husband. I'm with you. Mm. He, he meets all the requirements. He's the one who, this is how we could if he did tell you one day, I want you to, would you consider being single? That you wouldn't be totally, completely overwhelmed with fear by sure. the thought. He will never, his love never fails. It's reiterated, I don't know how many times in scripture. Remember this one psalm I told you about the other day? It was like only 26 verses in this psalm and every single verse says that line. So it's 26 times. His love never fails. God's love never fails. Yeah. He will never fail you. And uh, there are definitely going to be days where in your marriage, whether or not you feel like the outsider or not, uh, or you are the outsider or not, you go through those feelings at times and just let that wash over you. God, his love never fails. And uh, he sees us we're, no matter what stage of life we're at. We're going to have so much fun talking in the next couple of weeks about what we're going to go through dating. dating. Yeah. And then, of course, the all play. Loving our neighbor. Uh, that's going to be exciting. We appreciate you hanging out in this series of what is love, how to love. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast and more next week. 